Guys, I just took a Benadryl and honestly, I have a presentation in an hour. Wait, how long is the presentation? It's five minutes, but like one, I did not prepare well for it just because my motivation has been so low. And two, I am on a Benadryl right now and I feel so tired. Anyway, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Unfiltered. Oh, she's back. Okay. <laughs> no, she's actually dead. Um, and she would have been more dead if she hadn't taken a Benadryl, though, because she ate a food she's really allergic to and her throat would have closed. Yeah. Okay. I have a message to all you, all you superfood vegans out there, okay? Stop putting sesame seeds in literally every single food, all right? Because I am allergic to them and I keep catching them in places where they weren't before when I was growing up. These places, these seeds were not there before. (laughs) Who puts a sesame seed in a tortilla chip? Okay. Someone tell me, I think (laughs) not, not when I was a young girl or maybe it's because we couldn't afford the fancy (laughs) chips. And now that I can afford the fancy chips, I'm buying the fancy chips, but the fancy chips have sesame seeds. Wrong answer. The only tortilla chips you should be buying are the spicy Trader Joe's ones. Okay. See, from now on, that's all I'm purchasing. That's it. So listen, people, just stop. All right. Just stop. Please. If you want sesame seeds on your tortilla chips, buy them separately and then (laughs) put them on. Uh, Anyway. I always mess with Kim with sesame seeds when I'm like, oh, what food do you want? Like the other day we were getting bagels and I was like, oh, what bagels do you want? And then our other friend responded. And then I was like, oh, Kim, you want the sesame ones, right? Like I'll make sure I get you two sesame. God. But then one day you're going to accidentally do it or you're going to do it on I purpose to kill me. What? And now I'm going to podcast for myself. Damn, exactly. She, she sold me out. Yeah. And now our listeners know what I'm allergic to. Yeah, they do. Damn it. She's also allergic to like every cocoa banana. That's true. Chill- Cocomita propyl betaine. That's what it I is said. A common ingredient in almost all shampoos. That's what I said. Fact. Yeah. Nope. Yep. It's an extract from coconut. And okay. fun fact I am also allergic to coconut, yet I eat it anyway. Anywho, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to Unfiltered. This is episode freaking 11. We have another amazing guest on this week's episode for you guys. We'll jump into that in a little bit. We have some stuff to cover first, but yeah. we're really excited that she's here. Um, she's been a super big supporter of our po- podcast from the beginning, so we're really excited to um, have her on the podcast this week and talk to her. And yeah, but we do have questions for Queens and a few other things to take care of before then. Also, check out our Instagram for those yeah. that listen to episode 10, our special 10th episode thing that we did where we had a little friendly competition we posted we promised we would post those embarrassing pictures and they're up so check out the instagram they're hella embarrassing and that was (laughs) not even a fraction of them like kim and i spent 20 minutes the night before trying to go through and find all the pictures and there were so many so check those out people they're entertaining they're entertaining and they're i'm so happy they're on the internet now so happy Okay, so let's go over the question for Queen, shall we? We said that 
Um, we just went through a quarter. It is finals week now, so we're week, so. you're taking your final and yep. start. Prepping. You better get this one right, otherwise, yikes! You fail, you fail the class. Sorry. Um, so just a refresher for whatever I was just saying for last week's question for Queens. So the question is: There are fifty bikes, each with a tank that holds enough gas to go a hundred kilometers. Using these 50 bikes, what is the maximum distance that you can go? The answer is 350 kilometers. And let me explain. So you might initially think of just making a simple multiplication of the number of bikes and capacities. But remember that each bike has 100 kilometers capacity and they're all in the same place. You could set all 50 bikes off, but they'd all only travel 100 kilometers. Right. Now, one solution would be to move all 50 bikes all bikes 50 kilometers, then empty half the bikes fuel tanks into the other to fill them up. Keep doing this until you have one bike with a full tank to finish the trek. Of course, you'll have the odd bike stranded when dividing odd numbers. This way you'll get the last bike of the 50 to have traveled 350 kilometers in total. That's math, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That is some math. Okay, now... Sorry, I'm eating my dinner. The question for Queens for this week, I think is very simple, but it is on one of those brain teaser sites that they ask in interviews, apparently. So if I get this one, I'm golden. And I really hope I do. Because if cool. I get any of the others, any of the rest of the ones we asked, I'm fucked. So anyways, yeah. um, still think about it, but I'm going to go ahead and read the question now. Okay, so there are 20 different socks of two types and a drawer in a completely dark room. What is the minimum number of socks you should grab to ensure that you have a matching pair? That's it. We've, like we said, we kind of shortened these ones a little bit. Yeah. Because some of them were pretty long. simple and self-explanatory, but we'll go over it next week. Think about it. Yeah. We'll post this on Thoughtful Thursday. Make sure you look at that and you can comment below if you think you have the answer. So, yeah. And stop putting sesame seeds on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody put sesame seeds on everything. Please. Oh, God. I okay. Hate this. Anyways. <laughs> um, Kim, do you want to go ahead and introduce our amazing guest we have on for this week? Yes, I would absolutely love to. Now, this guest is someone that I hold very dear to my heart because we struggled through chemical engineering together at the same university. So today we have Sierra Gomez. Um, she is a first-generation student who graduated with her BS in chemical engineering from the University of California, Irvine, class of 2020, zot, 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 zot. She currently works as a process engineer at Lockheed Martin, where she works on process improvements, product issues, testing, and experiments. And Sierra, a fun fact about her, she is a die-hard animal lover and a professional sour, shower, shower singer in her free time. Sour singer, actually. No, it's okay, because when I first read that, I thought it said shower singer, because English is hard, so. Yes, and um, Michaela um, doesn't word, know words. I don't know words, so. Anyways, welcome, Sierra. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm doing really good. I was looking forward to this all day, so. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. So how is work going? How has quarantine or like remote working been? Or actually, you work in person, right? Yeah, so working has been definitely very interesting. So my first day on the job was like really weird because no one 
really gave me any type of instruction. So I showed oh, no. up at the wrong building. Oh, no. And then all the doors are locked and you need badges. And so it was pretty crazy. Oh, um, but working remotely is definitely interesting because, like, even though I'm on site because I have to go into the lab every now and then, um, a lot of people are not. So I think I've been there for about six months. Oh, wow. And I'm still meeting people who have worked there for years but just never – Right. And right. are in the office. So that's definitely very interesting. Um, so right now I work from home just like once a week. Um, other days I do go in, but um, we do have to wear masks and, um, you know, keep six feet apart from each other. And I have my own desk area area. So they actually recently just decided to expand our site just to have like uh, when people do come back to work, we'll have like more room in terms of like social distancing and stuff. So they're definitely being very responsible with all of that. So have you been able to like make any friends at work or meet people your age or has it just been really hard because of like having to social distance and everything? Yeah. So I was like a little worried about that when I first um, moved up to Santa Barbara. Um, But at the same time, I'm also like super independent. So I was like, even if I don't find friends, like whatever, (laughs) no biggie. Um, But I was actually surprised because a lot of my coworkers are um, around my age, Um, like, you know, like 25 Mm-hmm. to like 28 um and then actually I got really lucky with my housemates because they're all like you know 22 23 so that's been kind of nice so I have been able to like kind of like um become friends with my roommates and then some people at work as well so I definitely think I got lucky because I know some people especially in engineering they tend to have older coworkers, and so yeah. it is kind of different in terms of like you know being friends you just don't relate on the same level right um but yeah I definitely got really lucky with that Right. And especially because you work at a defense company, right? Mm -hmm. So that tends to have like older Mm -hmm. white men. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome that you have people your age. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into engineering and why? Yeah. So it's actually really interesting because um, I didn't really know what engineering was until I was in high school, until I was about like 16. Um, my f- my AP physics teacher got his degree in engineering. And I, in my mind, I was like, okay, yeah, engineers, they like build buildings, right? Like I kind of thought that that was it. Like I didn't really have like a comprehensive idea of what that meant. Um, but then I think it was like my, this was during my junior year of high school. And that's when you kind of start thinking about college and like what type of major you're going to pick. So I was really scrambled because um, I really liked science. Um, I was good at math, even though I didn't enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I think that's for people, though. Um, so I was like, okay, like, what is this engineering? I really, I really liked chemistry at the time. So I was like, oh, there's chemical engineering. Like, what is this about? And, you know, it said that they use chemistry and math and other types of um, science disciplines. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And then I saw how much money they made a year, which is also one of the reasons why I chose it. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> Yeah, we all live in there. So um, that was definitely a priority for me, especially um, coming from, um, you know, a line of immigrants. My gran- mm-hmm. my grandparents, my mom's side, immigrated um, to America from Cuba. Mm-hmm. So you definitely kind of have not necessarily a pressure, but they definitely ingrain some type of like priority into you. Right. Just like education is really important, especially because that's not what they were able to have. Right. Um, so that definitely played a big role in my choice to pick um chemical engineering as what I was um, going to study in college. So okay. it sounds like it sounds like the fact that you got to that point and you kind of were able to learn about engineering and take, take the AP classes and stuff that you had 
like pretty good support in high school, especially because I know as a first generation student, generation student, it can be hard to find that like from family just because they haven't been through that. Right. So did you find that you had good resources when you were coming into undergrad? Were they able to support you? So it was kind of tricky because like I said before, my my both of my parents have some college experience but not okay. like the traditional like university experience gotcha. okay <laughs> so when I needed help kind of like filling out the FAFSA and doing like college apps like they weren't able to help me right. not because they didn't want to just because they genuinely didn't know how mm-hmm. um so my high school was did have like sessions where they did help you so that was a really good resource mm-hmm. um but transitioning into college um, I did have a lot of resources, but it is definitely more of you kind of have to seek those out and you kind right. of have to, you know, go online or go on different websites and kind of find what office, you know, you might have to go to or who you should email. Um, so I definitely think there are resources out there. It's more just like um, recognizing that it's OK to ask for help and um, to, you know, like I said, just kind of like go and, and search for them. But I think UCI was really great for first gen students. That's good. That's good. Because I, I know I saw like a lot of programs and stuff for them. Again, I'm not so I can't mm-hmm. specifically relate to that. But yeah, um, it's nice to hear that they were able to support you. Um, You know, obviously, you have to look for it because it's a big school. So that makes sense. But yeah, I think the University of California in general is just like a really good system for first gen students. I'm sure that there are stories out there, horror stories for first gen students, but I felt really supported as well. And I want to tell a story about this really quickly, just like because maybe it'll inspire someone one day if they have the funds to do it. But I actually in um, I went to high school in San Diego County and there was this like program called A Bridge for Kids. And it was for first generation students who were low income and they were in high school. And basically they paired you up with a sponsor who gave you money to pay for like SAT books or Mm -hmm. to join different sports because your family didn't have the money to give you those things to prepare you for college. So I was really, really blessed to have been chosen for that program because you have to like be chosen by your teachers and by the school and apply and get accepted. So okay, anyway, Kim. I just, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just, sorry, I don't want to make this I'm about kidding. me, but I think that those, like those programs do exist. And I would love to see a day where they exist like everywhere. You know right. what I mean? It, I was very, name. very, yeah, yeah, I was very fortunate for that. And anyway, thank you for listening yeah. to my TED talk. Were you gonna I say? was going to say, so first generation student, and a woman, like that just stacks up all the odds against you in school for sure. You know, like it's already hard enough being one of those and then you have both. So did you ever find that you had to like work harder in school to be on like equal playing ground as everybody else for like for those two reasons? Mm, That's a really good question. I don't, I definitely think like being like first generation was more of the obstacle just because I didn't have someone to kind of go to right. for advice mm-hmm. um and now I'm trying to do that because I know um a few people like my my brother my younger brother for instance just started um college this year so mm-hmm. I've been giving him like so like trying to give him as much advice yeah. as I can yeah, and I'm like even if I might not have the answer you, like go to your counselor go to right. your advisor ask your professor do this do that the resources yeah, yeah so I definitely like I said just having to you know seek out those resources are, you know, find out who to talk to was Mm -hmm. definitely not necessarily challenging, but it was more of a struggle. Right. And I did work a lot my freshman year. I worked Mm -hmm. like 20 to 30 hours a week. So I was like balancing all these different things. And so I think at UCI, my experience as a woman, I don't think necessarily hindered me. Okay. Uh, I know that some people don't have that same experience. Right. 
um, I have other experience outside of school, but in terms of academics, not really, but it, it was mostly challenging because, yeah, I, I was working and I didn't necessarily have one person to go to for advice all the time. And the fact that you have to find those resources too, right? It's not all in one place. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where did you work your first year? I worked at Chili's. Oh my Wait, where God. the heck is Chili's near UCI? Hi, I'm here. So there's Welcome one on Chili's. Alton Parkway. Okay. <sighs> it's like really close. It's like colder. I think I went to that Chili's with my ex-boyfriend from oh freshman God. year. Did you really? You could have served. What if you served us? Damn, that's crazy. Hi, I'm Sierra. Welcome to Chili's. <laughs> Literally my line. Literally. And now it's hi, I'm Sierra. Welcome to my Lockheed engineering Martin. company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like actually. God, the come up is crazy. I I love Damn. it. I love it. I love it. Damn. Um, so okay. Thank you for telling us. Sorry. Thank you. God, transitions are so hard. But so not only are you a woman and a first-generation student, but you're also a Latina, which like all of these, I feel like sometimes people think that, because I've come across a lot of people where they're like, why are you mentioning that you're a woman? Or why are you mentioning that you're first-generation? It doesn't matter, but it actually does. All of these aspects of who we are impact our like perceptions of the world and right. how we're treated and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think it is important to talk about those things. And that's why we have this podcast in the first place. Right. But anyway. It, it's one of those things where it doesn't affect your ability or your capability. But right. it definitely, like you like you were mentioning, like it does affect your perspective and your experiences for yes, sure. Yes, 100%. Exactly. I think that was a good way of putting it. Can that be, please be Monocle Monday next week? I yes. really like oh my God, that. I would love that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So um, being a Latina in STEM, like did you, were you able to join any clubs in undergrad or find any support uh, through those organizations at all? Yeah, so in engineering and more specifically our chemical engineering program, there wasn't really a lot of Latinos. Mm -hmm. um, there was more, I think there was a um, organization of like Hispanic engineers. Right. Mm -hmm. Ship, right? Um, but, Ship. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. But though I did join a club called um, Hermanas Unidas, which in Spanish means United Sisters. Mm. And it was more of a community outreach and kind of like social club. And I mainly did join that to kind of find friends because okay. my first year of college, I commuted and I was working. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really meet a lot of people my first year. Yeah. I didn't have a typical like college experience where you dorm and meet all these people and right. like are able to go to all these events. So I joined that club. I think it was my second year because that was when I moved um, to Irvine mm -hmm. to be closer to school. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It was so much fun. Uh, I definitely think you do relate to people from a similar backgrounds in a different mm -hmm. way than others, not necessarily right. in like a good or bad way. It's just like, it's a little bit different because you, you, similar experiences. yeah, you have a yeah. little bit yeah more of similar experiences. Um, so that was definitely a really good way for me to find friends and as well as to kind of build a community just because I didn't really have that sense yet. Right. So that was one of the main clubs that I did join. Um, that was more of a Hispanic slash Latinx organization. And wait, what was it called? Hermanas Unidas? Mm -hmm. Love it. I think I saw you get featured on one of their Instagram yeah, posts it was one time. Wow. Yeah. I was like, that's my friend. We went Aww. to undergrad together. <laughs> or we, we were in chemi together. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that being 
a woman in STEM at UCI specifically hasn't really, it hasn't really impacted your academics at all, but you mentioned that outside of school it has. So can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I, the episode where McKinley was on here, she kind of mentioned a situation at work. Um, And it makes me so sad because I feel like so many women share similar stories and like, Yes, it's something that we can all like relate to almost, but it's such like a negative thing to yeah. to share, I guess. I'd rather not be able to relate to any of you. Yeah, <laughs> like unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Like unfortunately, yeah. yes. Yeah. So I had like a situ- I had a situation happen to me at work, but instead it was a comment made to my face. And so that was like the first time that anything had really happened to me like that before. So I at first I really didn't know how to react because I was like, "Oh my gosh, like he just said that right to my face. Like I, I was just in shock and he just like walked away and like laughed. And I was like, so confused. I was like, did this actually just happen right now? And I honestly wasn't even going to say anything until my coworker, I told my coworker what happened. I was like, that's just so weird. Like, I'm so confused. And they're like, no, you need to say something. Yeah. So I did. And I was like, really, really glad I did. And it was taken care of and it was handled. Um, so there's definitely instances like that where, like I said, as a woman, like you, things like that, unfortunately still do happen. So that's definitely one of like the major experiences that I've had that's kind of not necessarily been a setback, just more of like, well, that happened to me because of like how I look, I guess. Like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. like obviously it shouldn't have happened, but like regardless, it still did. But also I feel like sometimes I'm underestimated because I am a, obviously I am a brown person, you can tell, (laughs) and I also identify as a woman, so like I feel like when I do tell people, oh, like I, like when I was in undergrad, oh, I'm studying chemical engineering, they almost like didn't believe me, and that kind of like, you know, that feeds into your self-doubt almost, like am I good enough, like is this like where I'm meant to be, kind of, and I also didn't have like the best GPA because I was always working, and so like just that together was always like, I feel like not necessarily holding me down but just more of like it was always like the voice in the back of my head kind of like encouraging this type so the sense of like imposter syndrome like you guys had kind of previously talked about yep and so definitely like overcoming that has not necessarily been a challenge but that's definitely been part of like my self-growth um throughout my college experience uh, and up until now as well yeah well I again I'm sorry you had to go through that I'm really glad you had the courage and the bravery to stand up and say something because as we said in the previous episode that is incredibly difficult and not everyone yeah. can say they've done that so yeah that's amazing that you did was it I guess you said you were really happy that you did stand up did things change at all after that like yeah there no there was consequences yeah um and apparently this person had made comments to other mm-hmm. um female workers as well which I didn't know about right so that was something that that they kind of found that management found out about. Um, so that's why I kind of said that I was happy that I did speak out, and I yeah. think that it is kind of important to do that. Yeah. Um, just because like people need to know that it's not okay. Yeah. Other people, other people around should also why do they know think it's okay that, that, that it's not okay. <laughs> right. That is so interesting, though. Like seriously, though, Michaela, your question is so valid. Like, why do they think that's okay in the first place? And I'm, I'm certain, I'm certain it's because of the way they grew up, or I like, think it's, saw... be- it's also partially because maybe no one has, no one has called them Same. out on it. Because sometimes people, especially like 
female identifying people tend to they just don't want to cause a scene or they don't want to be called um dramatic or or oversensitive or a bitch yeah you know and that definitely like there's a lot of things to it and I unfortunately I think that's why yeah that is just so I don't know it brings more attention to you right like as a as a female especially in STEM we already stand out so then by you know quote, making a scene about it, then obviously that brings more attention to you no matter how anonymously or discreetly you try to do that, right? Because someone now knows and most likely word's going to get out and whatever, and you're probably going to be seen differently, which as women, that's the last thing we want because we're already seen differently, you know? Right. So it's like, of course, people are going to try to avoid that confrontation. But like, as we said, and as you said, it's incredibly important for whether, you know, never, no one's ever said it to their face before and that right. needs to be done or whether policies yeah. need to change or and you just for whatever reason it needs to be known, be made known. Um, and, and again, so other people in the future, other women don't face it um, yeah. in the future. So 100%. So going off of like everything that we've talked about today, is there anything that you think needs to change within the field when it comes to women or empo- women empowerment and representation for people of color? Um, so I'll start off by kind of talking about my um, so my final interview at Lockheed Martin. I was I was um, interviewed virtually um, with ten people, and only wow. one of them was another woman out of those ten people. So oh, wait, it was a group interview or you were interviewed by 10 no, current No, I was engineers. interviewed by 10 current engineers Jeez. and only one of them was a woman. Okay. So, I mean, coming in, my my company is like we do have a lot of um a lot of um a lot of my coworkers are females. Um but there are times where I am the only one in the room, but that can sometimes be, you know, maybe it's just four or five people. Right. Um, but I definitely do think that it starts with giving women opportunities um, for sure. Like, I mean, a lot of companies we know are statistically have um, higher rates of like employees who are men, first of all. So I definitely think it's also kind of like a diversity thing as well. Like companies do need to prioritize that. Um, but I also do think that there needs to be resources as well for uh, minorities and underserved um, groups. I think at UCI, they did have quite a lot. I was a member of SWE, which is a Society of Women Engineers, and that was really, really helpful um, in terms of, you know, coming into your own as, like, a female in STEM and kind of um, educating you on, you know what I mean? Like, you can do you can do anything. You can, you can do whatever you mind to as long as you kind of, like, put in the work. But I guess then, like, the day-to-day, it would just kind of be, like, you know, being being conscious about being inclusive Mm-hmm. Um, as well as speaking out when you notice something that someone says or that someone does or the way that someone treats another person, especially in like a professional or like academic setting. I think that's probably um, more of like the day-to-day thing that people can do. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also like treat every, treat everyone the exact same. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I think I heard something today where it was like, um, don't treat people how you want to be treated, treat them how they want to be treated. And right. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, like that's the other thing. Sometimes people think that like by talking about women empowerment that we're act- asking to be pre- like asking to be treated special like that. Or I like want you to treat me. Them, yeah, them exactly. That's not what we're asking for. No. We're just asking to be on equal playing ground because normally yeah, we're to below, have a seat at you the know? table. I just want to Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it's, I know I'm going off topic a little bit here, but I think it's interesting that you said that you mentioned that statistics of you being the only female or one other female in the interview. Um, and like, it's one of those things that like, I'm so used to being the only girl in the room that like my eyes 
open when there's another one because I'm just so used to, you know, it's like every day that's like pretty much everyone I work with directly is a male um, at my company specifically. And we just changed up teams. And for the first time I have, for the first time in my two internships and since I've been there, I have another girl on my team of seven of us now. And so I messaged her and we had our first team meeting and I was like, so nice to see another girl on the, like another female on the team. And she was like, yeah, like happy to support whatever, whatever. And it's like, normally you wouldn't think about that. You know, it's just like a team member, you know, a bunch of people get in a room. You don't think about it because it's not as uneven, but in engineering, like when I see another female, it's like, I got to say something because I'm so used to seeing all males. So I just thought that was interesting about the statistics anyways. Um, But I guess going off of the question of things that need to change, um, we really like this question. We've asked it to everybody that we've interviewed so far, but Kim and I realized that one of the things we want to be able to do on this podcast is to give people like physical or tangible stuff that they can do to then take action on this. So of course we can talk about, oh, companies should have more resources yeah, whatever, right? But is there anything that you think, like if someone were to listen to this, um, that they could do, whether male or female, whoever however you identify that they can listen to this and actually go and take action, not necessarily like try to, it, you know, put a policy in at their company or whatever they're doing at school or whatever, but for them as a, as an individual to change, whether it's their mindset or like h- how they advocate or anything like that, that, that individuals can do for themselves to try to advocate and empower women in these situations. Yeah. I definitely think like it, it is sometimes a mindset thing because even if you do encourage people to do things a certain way, if they still have, um, you know, a single minded like opinion or perspective, that's not going to change for that individual, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Right. <laughs> so, um, I guess, um, it's kind of, I'm trying to like think about like day to day, like what you can do right then yeah. and there. No, I know it's a hard question. But, if you don't have an answer, that's okay. It's not, yeah, you know, there's no obvious I mean, I answer. Think at the, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it all comes with like encouraging each other, I guess, as human beings, you know, we just got to support people for like whatever they want to do. And that's regardless of like gender and things like that as well. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. It's, it's, it's can be hard to find support um, in other people, no matter the gender. And so just being there just as another human, as another person, right. We're all human at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that's like going to be an interesting topic for us on the, on the podcast in the future of what the individual can do rather than what we can do as a whole, because Obviously, there's so much, but you can only change so much in a day. Right. Um, you're only in control of so much. Or you're you know? not the CEO so. of the company. So exactly. Just, like, exactly. And obviously, it's great things. to start encouraging stuff like that and to bring that to the table when you can. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there's only so much you have control over. I do know that um, re- um, a few months ago that there was a position op- that opened up in another engineering team and my coworker mentioned to my supervisor they need a woman on their team they don't mm-hmm. have any women on their team and like that's sus so I definitely yeah. like that is kind of, sometimes it can it can be like kind of awkward to talk about but at the same time right. like those are things that kind of need to be said that's yeah. what we're and here what, for and that, even if it's not intentional you know what I mean? Like right. it might not be an intentional thing and maybe those people have been there forever and that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is definitely something like, I don't know, just call it as you see it. Yeah. yeah type of thing, I guess. You never know if there is intentions behind it. You no, know? And right. It, it could exactly. be unconscious bias. No, too. that's like, what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. Like we have to have a whole like uh, training thing on unconscious bias because even if you're not thinking about it, it's it's at the back of your head because that's just how society has grown us to, to has think. brainwashed that, so. us. Yeah. I know, really. Yeah. Wow. We're basically in a dystopia, actually, everybody. Yeah, I think that's what it is. 
Is this the Matrix? Red or blue pill, guys. Red or blue pill. Anyway, thank you for joining us, Sierra. I think that that wraps up our conversation for today. We try to keep our episodes short. Obviously, we could literally talk about this for hours. Yeah, I agree. But we are busy women. But we're so thankful that you came and took the time to speak with us today. Seriously, we really appreciate your support and your insights. And this conversation, it's always just so refreshing to hear from all these women doing amazing things in the field and getting to relate to you and also seeing your face because... I know. I haven't seen you guys in like months, like other than like on like Instagram or whatever. I think the last time we saw you was when you were in your car graduating. You're like for our graduation thing. Oh, yeah. Right? I think so. Oh, right. We We had a little... We had a little virtual graduation party with like 10 of us or something. Yeah. And Sierra was getting <laughs> alcohol 10 friends. That's yes. cute. Yeah. in her car. And it was fun. Yeah. But yeah, it really has been great to see you today. And we're very, very thankful that yeah. you're here. Yeah. Thank so, you so much for your support. Honored to like be on your guys' podcast. Like Aww. it was really fun. I'm glad that I was able to like be on here and talk with you guys. Wow. We'll have you back in five years when you're the CEO, <laughs> CEO. of Northrop. Yes. Oh, wait, Lockheed Markin. I almost said Northrop. I'm so sorry. Lock- yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode. To episode 11. Yeah. Thank you. Like, comment, follow, share <laughs> everything. Share it with your friends. We've had some people reach out who have given us really good feedback recently and have been sharing it with their friends and we really really appreciate all that support we definitely would not be doing this without you guys um because yeah. we would just be talking to ourselves which actually to be honest we probably would would still be doing this without yeah. you guys That's <laughs> just true. because we have so much fun but it would not be the same and we would not be where we are without you guys so thank right. you everyone for listening and sierra for being here and yes. for listening and being a number one fan you really appreciate it and with that i guess kim you want to take it away Hold on. Um, Sarah, do you have any like parting words oh, for yeah, the audience? I don't know. Just oh an goodness. inspirational oh quote. Um, I guess uh, you can do anything you put your mind to with enough hard work. And I think this also goes back to what McKinley said. I really like what she said. Like, you can't control other people's perceptions of you. All you can control is your work ethic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so your perception I, of yourself. I would go with that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that concludes the episode, everyone. My name is Kimberly. My name is Michaela. And my name is Sierra. And, and this, this is Unfiltered. unfiltered. <laughs> I think I can. God. I think I can work with that. <laughs> Anyways, bye, guys. Love you. Love you. Miss Good you. night. <laughs> Every time. Good night. Kisses for everybody, you know? <laughs> okay. Kisses for okay. all. All right. Enough. Goodbye. <laughs>